Hello, my name is Brian Martin and welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of the Running Technique Tips podcast, a season where we're looking at all things 5k training. I'm now joined by my co-host Lisa Biffin from Sydney and, and another month has gone by, Lisa, how are you going? It's first of Feb, I think. I know, you mentioned that before we started recording and I was a bit shocked but I'm feeling, I feel like I sound like an old man today just because I'm, I think I'm clogged with hay fever. This crazy storm came through late yesterday and oh, I'm a bit clogged. So I'm going to excuse the sniffling, ask to be excused for the sniffling and the, the old man voice that I feel like I've got. Well done, you're excused. And it was pretty hot in Sydney yesterday I was reading. Was it 40 degrees before the change came through? It was. So I stepped out of the front door of the office and it said that it was 38 degrees but as we know I love the heat so I um I actually didn't really feel it but I I was jogging I think 15 minutes jogging up to the track and I just watched the change like come in front of me and it was as though this after this massive windstorm just swept up leaves are going everywhere and uh, by the time I finished the session apart from being ridiculously windy it had dropped 16 degrees it was 22 wow (laughs) so yeah crazy that just can can change like that so um yeah a bit more comfortable now though so we're down here in Australia in the southern hemisphere we've been sweating through our heat waves and some of our North American Listeners are stuck in a polar vortex, apparently. So I heard it was like minus 40 degrees in Chicago. It was colder than Antarctica. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know, I actually don't think I would survive. I honestly don't know how I would get through that. That is cold. Yeah, that's seriously, ridiculously cold. You, you wow. certainly wouldn't be going outside. You'd be doing all of your running on the treadmill, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I think I would just turn into an ice statue, to be honest. I wouldn't be doing anything, yeah. just stuck frozen until the weather warmed up. Anyway, enough about that. How have you been? More to the point. Well, I'm, I'm good, and since the... January month has ended. I, I left my run pretty late, but I did manage to uh, put a time on the board for our 3K, 5K challenge so for the 3,000-metre time trial the other morning. I managed to punch out 12 minutes on the dot, so I was pretty happy with, with that given my fairly limited preparations. So, Hey, that, uh, on that, how much is lack of time that is exactly you know whether it's 12 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes how much does it just annoy you to think why didn't I go that half a step quicker to get the (laughs) 1159.99 yeah a little bit I actually thought I had done I think I texted you I thought I had done 1159 initially and then by the time I uploaded the um data onto the computer I could see the the tenths and hundreds of seconds and unfortunately there was some extra tenths of seconds that rounded me up to the 12 minutes <laughs> but uh, yeah nonetheless I was pretty happy pretty happy with that and although I'm still what am I 53 seconds adrift of you at least I've put a, a pretty solid time on the board and uh, it's probably Given how little training I've done volume and intensity wise, I think I'm probably prepared to back myself to maybe run a bit faster in these 5K challenges coming in in this month and also in, in March now. Yeah. Do you want to pick apart this, um, your time trial? Because there are so many, like, I think it's really interesting. I was really curious to see what time you would do based on the fact that, well, you know, you've done this massive technique tweak. Uh, you've just 
run walked most of and you've only really just started the running part of the run walk like how many weeks have you been running for now well i'm still doing some run walking so yeah for example last week i yeah would have done two or three run walks and one of those was kind of like a long run walk of about an hour and 50 minutes but yeah there hasn't been there's probably only really been unbroken running going on for the last two and a half weeks maybe and the only sessions of what I, the only sessions I've done, I've done three, and there have only been really minimal ones. One was five by two hundred meters, <laughs> and that was on on a dirt road at about forty five, forty six seconds per two hundred meters, so not particularly fast or stressful. And then I did that five by two minutes at sort of thresholdy pace, which was kind of like between about four fifteen and four oh nine kilometer pace and that was with walking recoveries in between and then the week before I did the time trial I did another 200 meter session but I decided to actually do that downhill and fortunately for me it was also downhill with the wind so that was a pretty speedy (laughs) one where I did I think I did six 200s and they were sort of closer to 40 seconds because I was running them downhill and with the wind and I was sort of running them downhill for the purpose of getting my leg turnover going quicker and also mm. put just putting less stress on my body because it's it's easier to run fast when you're running downhill especially with a nice tailwind behind you so I wish I could do that all of the time. <laughs> no, it sounds perfect <laughs> but do you know what I like about this is that 12 minutes is four minute k's and you know we're not going to talk about the elite part of the running world because that's no. be pretty slow for them but a four minute k for majority of the population is moving and I actually don't think it's that easy to do so to see that you've done that by really focusing on changing your technique um, and committing to that off really not a lot of running I think it shows just how much improvement that you can make just by focusing on your technique. Yeah, and I also think on it's sometimes surprising what you can do off not a huge amount of volume of training. So I think the technique and the strength work in particular that I've been doing really helped me to run that 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 twelve minute time. But I also think that that whole idea of doing enough tr- just enough training to meet your goals is something that I'm I'm really going to work on mm. this year. Yeah. So rather than always and I, and I think during our marathon build up I probably got a bit sucked into the the more is better rather than the yeah. better is better and even yeah. and the thing I'm really thinking about now is you know what is what is enough to achieve the goal that I want to achieve. So I think you know I'll be sort of sticking to this fairly modest amount of volume and intensity over the next couple of months while we do these couple of 5k challenges and just make sure I'm doing enough training to to kind of run run some good times and allow this technique tweak to continue to bed down and and to improve a few things that I've probably still got to work on I'm, I'm fairly happy with how it's going but it's just a case of just improving on the the sort of basic pattern that I've that I've been deploying so yeah, there's some good th- good things there to, to have a think about. Yeah, what are the main of... things that you've changed just on this technique tweak piece? Well, I, th- I think, you know, over the last few episodes, I sort of was talking about that kind of two different movement patterns that I kind of have in my head from the various tweaking that I've 
done. And one of those was the one the one that I've just gone away from, I would have to say, is probably more like a pattern that I would probably be able to use successfully in a in a fifteen hundred or an eight hundred kind of race. So it feels like a more powerful pattern over the shorter distances, but perhaps is not very efficient and costs a lot more energy when you're trying to run a bit further. And and that was the pattern that I tried to that I did all my marathon training last year with and tried to run the marathon and whilst I had those other things going on with a bit of um, stress that I think impacted my performance I also think that perhaps um, probably using using the power pattern for for an endurance related kind of enterprise whereas the one I'm doing now is probably feels a little bit more efficient and it feels like a lot closer to what I was doing when I did my initial technique change back in 2009 2010 when I when I did manage to run those three 5ks under 18 minutes yeah trying to descri- describe it is um, not that easy but I'd say it's uh, it's more a pattern where you're yeah I, I suppose allowing allowing your the kind of like the reactive forces that um, you, you generate while you're running to kind of like push your push your torso ahead of your hips rather than with that sort of power pattern. It was really kind of, it's still pushing the torso ahead of the hips, but really like pushing, pushing, probably pushing back a little bit more. Whereas this other one is just feels like it's sort of like pushing through the ground a little mm. bit more and you're still yeah. pushing down and back, but it does feel like it costs a lot less energy to do that. And I think I mentioned in one of the previous podcasts, if you can kind of imagine yeah, putting your or stepping backwards onto onto a step or something like that, or even kind of running backwards is more the kind of pattern that I'm that I'm sort of using at the moment and what I'll continue to use throughout the the course of this year and just yeah, work on work keep working on that and keep improving it. Are there any before and I know there's a couple of after pictures that you got from yeah. your run uh, yesterday or the day before. Maybe um, we can pop those up. There's a bit of a comparison and uh, you can write a bit of a blurb under it so that people can get that visual if they're like me, that like the visual element. Yeah, that's right. I I did post a short clip up on Instagram the other day after I did it and so I'll put that, I'll put actually put the, I did a little edit of where I had the camera um, for the seven, seven and a half laps of the of the three k time trial, so you can just have a look at what I was doing lap on lap. So I'll put that up on Facebook, and I actually don't know how how long a video you can put on Instagram, but maybe it'll sneak up onto that as well, and people can just have a look and yeah, see see what I'm up to there. So yeah, it's uh it's encouraging. So I, yeah, I, I think it it went pretty well, and you yeah, know we we're sort t- of talking talk about- us through it. I mean, you yeah. literally went down to the wire. <laughs> Every day you kept saying, oh, no, I think I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll yeah, do it tomorrow. Right. I've only got one more day of January. It's going to be today. <laughs> yeah, I think I ended up doing it on the 30th. So I had one one more day to spare, but I was going to do it on the 29th, but I was just on the road and a little bit felt a little bit stressed and not quite ready. So I thought oh, I'll just put it off to the next day. And I couldn't have got more lucky with the conditions. So it was wouldn't have been maybe about 12 or 13 degrees by the time I got down to the track and not much wind. Sun was still coming up. I was down there fairly early. Um, wow. Luckily, there was no one else there, so I was able to set up my, my cameras and not have to worry about accidentally recording other people and all of that kind of stuff. The only, I, was, I was saying to you, I probably didn't do an optimal warm-up. I basically walked a dog before I went down there for half an hour and then <laughs> because I found that I was there by myself I was pretty anxious to get going before anyone else came so I didn't have any re- issues with the video recording 
So I think I jogged a lap and did two 30-meter strides and then basically started. So, so I, I wouldn't think, put that um, one out there no. as an optimal warm-up strategy. <laughs> no, that is – and I'm someone that loves – like I actually like a 5K warm-up jog So because, you know, as we've spoken before, my heart rate does bizarre things until it's warmed up yep. and settled. So I definitely don't see that as an optimal warm-up. <laughs> Given no. you run 12 minutes off that, that's pretty good going. Yes. So, uh, yeah, look, I, and, and yeah, I got going fairly well and I, I did what we were talking about, checked my split at about 100 metres and 200 metres and I was pretty much bang on around that four minute K pace, which I, I thought I'll try and start at, at about that pace and just see how I go. Didn't really know whether I'd be able to hold it for the whole time trial. Um, somewhere in that first K, I got a little bit off pace. So I think I went through in about 4.04 plus a little bit of change. And I think I, and I took that manual split at 1K and realized I was a little bit off pace. So I kind of knuckled down and uh, worked through the next kilometer, which actually came out at about four minutes exactly. And at that point, I knew I was in with a good good chance of, of getting to 12 minutes. So I, I continued to increase my effort level, although my pace didn't really increase that much. And I kind of gave myself a bit of a sniff with 200 meters to go. So I kind of worked hard over the last 200 meters. And I think I ran that in about 44 seconds, which was a fair bit under the the pace that I'd done for the other things. So yeah, the last K was about 356 plus a little bit of, little bit of change, which gave me about 12 minutes on the on the dot a, qu- a quick turns- question on that yeah. you just mentioned that you know you had that first k you noticed it was a bit slow and then you yep. knuckled down for that second k like what strategies do you put in place to be able to do that because and last week i mentioned that i lose concentration on the track and sometimes don't have that ability to turn you know a situation that's not great into a, like a better situation like what you did so how do you turn yourself around well, I actually remember thinking, uh, oh, no, I'm a little bit off pace. But then I also remember thinking if I can just get on, get back onto my pace, uh, there's still a good chance I can run around 12 minutes if I finish off well. So I didn't get too negative about being off pace. And look, in some ways it could have been a little bit of an advantage because going off a little bit slower was probably going to mean that I wasn't working as hard as otherwise. So. Mm. So I thought about that and then, I, look, I basically just put my, didn't put my head down literally, but <laughs> just knuckled down and just increased my effort levels just a little bit. So um, just increased my concentration and kept an eye on, I didn't actually, while I was running, I didn't actually take lap splits because I just really wanted to concentrate on moving well and sometimes even looking down at your watch and hitting the button can just sort of throw you off a little bit. So I just focused on working a little bit harder over that second kilometre and I did take another manual split at 2K just to see how I was going. And once I saw that I was back on pace there, I, I was pretty encouraged to to work hard over the last two and a half half laps. So I think it's just, yeah, just getting back on track and, and not getting too mentally down on yourself for, for the plan going awry because yeah. as long as you kind of adjust you know, early to midway through the race, you can still do a pretty good performance even in a in a shorter effort like a 3K or a 5K. Mm, yeah, no good advice. Especially I'm thinking around that, like I'm assuming we have a lot of listeners that like to do park run and yes. um, 
you know, obviously have desires to break their PBs, etc. But uh, yeah, often, as you say, you don't want to lose it in the first K or two. But if you keep that positive mindset, then yeah, you can come out with a really good time. And if you kept running, that's a 20 minute 5K. If. I know, but I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure I, I I don't think I could have done that. Um, I think maybe I could ru- I could have run maybe a four ten k pace, which would give me like a twenty fifty. I reckon I could probably probably could have held four tens for five k. I don't think I could have held close to four minute k pace for five k yet. But mm. I think in a few more weeks that would be that would definitely be possible. So I'd be optimistic that for the for the February challenge, uh, which I'm going to do in a 5K park run, that I could probably get under 20 minutes for that one. So that'll be my intermediate goal and then hopefully dream a bit bigger for that um, <laughs> that Melbourne Uni 5K track race in March. For our showdown. For the showdown, the big, the big showdown. And look, I remember you reporting on your heart rate from your 3K. <laughs> and uh, so I'll give you a bit of heart rate data from my effort. The 404 first kilometre, my average heart rate was 154. The four-minute second kilometre was 169 average heart rate. <laughs> and the third kilometre, the 355 was 175 average heart rate. And wow. As I went over the line, I was my I hit my max heart rate for the effort, which was one eighty one. So look, I I wouldn't say I put absolutely um, turned myself inside out, but I put in a pretty hard effort, um, as that heart rate kind of shows. And yeah, look, I, I think that's I'm not unhappy about that because it is a like a three k five k effort, and you expect your heart rate to be in the red zone and look i think the encouraging thing that i and you'll see when i put up those um, videos that I, I couldn't discern a lot of difference between my seven laps that i captured um, in terms of my technique falling apart so no, even it looked really good hard, it looked like you were jogging yeah. that was my comment to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well yeah and i was sort of encouraged by that as well because yeah. if you if you're not you know demonstrating a technique that's all over the place and you're still pretty compact um, then there's a good chance you've got somewhere to go in terms of being able to run a bit faster. So having a little bit a little bit of somewhere to go to run a bit quicker technically and also, yeah, being able to hold it together while I was working pretty hard heart rate-wise was encouraging. And I'll be able to adjust my maximum heart rate now to, <laughs> to, 180, to 181 or, or maybe a touch higher because, yeah, look, I've been working on that not that 220 minus your age which is obviously has been shown to be not accurate for i think it's only accurate for about a third of the population so mm. obviously my heart rate goes a little bit higher than than that one third so yeah if, if we're that makes two of us yeah <laughs> yours goes a lot higher um but yeah i mean that that's kind of good and probably demonstrates as well that maybe my natural strength is for these sort of shorter 3k 5k type efforts over rather than the marathon where i can sort of sustain a pretty high effort for a short period of time and i've still got to work on that whole marathon thing of sustaining a more moderate effort for a very long time (laughs) when was the last time you ran 3ks in a row probably the marathon (laughs) no well no i would have done that in training i've done a couple of sort of unbroken blocks of five or six k's during training over the last couple of weeks but yeah pretty slow like Sort of between, uh, yeah, but probably averaging about five minutes, 40 kilometre pace. Yeah. So which goes to show again that 
um, that comment that you made about, you know, training to your goal, um, you've trained well under your goal, yet you've still managed to run, you know, like, as I said, I think 12 minutes is a very, very solid run. It is. I, I think it's a solid. I'm not getting super, super excited about it, but I think I'm pretty happy with it given given the limited amount of training. So um, probably to some extent falling back on the fact that because I've done it before, there's a, a fair amount of mental confidence in being able to to run that fast, mm. um, even off a limited yeah. amount of preparation. And Do I, you I know that what? That plays helps. such a big part because, you know, this 5K um, piece that we're doing that I keep saying I've got so much mental anxiety around the distance and the time, yet if you said to me, you know, go and do a 3K and I run low 10 minutes before, I just think, oh, easy, that's, that's no worry at all. But the 5K, I've got all this built-up angst and you, you're so yes. right, that mental side of it, it just is such a big part. I think we need to explore that uh, in an episode itself. I think so as well. And look, you know, I think I think the strategy that you're using at the moment, building up these really solid three Ks where you're running essentially a bit within yourself, so that you're you've got the confidence that you'll be able to run out that pace for the full five K is a is a good way to address that mental challenge that you've got with the with the five kilometer. <laughs> yes. um, because, and we're going to talk about what's coming up for you next, but when you do your next little 5K pace, if you just stick to the same pacing strategies you did in your three, you're going to be able to run out that whole 5K pretty easily, which will give you probably a personal best and a lot of confidence that you can you can go significantly harder and faster as well. Yeah, it's just, it's funny that real confidence thing. As you said, even if you're not that fit like I know for myself I I sort of enjoy running the 10k distance and even if I'm not fit I think oh sub 40 minutes should be you know should be fine but it's you know if I reverse that and last year when I wasn't that fit I actually went and did a 5k track just as a bit of training and confidence thing and I remember thinking oh my god I'm not even gonna get close to 20 minutes but Mm. but, you know if I was to run a sub 40 minute 10k I need to run a sub <laughs> 20 right. minute 5k so you know <laughs> mentally that makes no sense <laughs> but yes. I've just got this massive amount of angst around a particular distance so and I'm sure lots of other people have that too I mean you've got it with the marathon I do yes that's definitely my bogey event at this point <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, dear. And look at, yeah and it's this and it's that thing we've said before about you know it's pretty hard to kind of fake it in the marathon like if something goes wrong you're going to be in for a pretty tough day which happened to me obviously this year but with you know a 3k or a 5k because it's such a shorter event you can you can really tap into your mental resolve a little bit more and push yourself into that sort of I'm, I'm happy to like I'm very good at pushing myself into that level of discomfort for a short period of time but yeah that length of time for the marathon I just find that so much more challenging so that's definitely something for me to to work on but that old mental mental piece that you mentioned training has sort of got two purposes hasn't it sort of one is to to get you fit so that you're physically and physiologically capable of doing the performance and the other one is to give you confidence that you can do the performance and I think probably what a lot of people do is get sucked into the training the house down 
um, to give themselves the mental confidence that they do it and in the process mm. kind of ruin the chance of actually performing as well as they could because of, you know, spent all the pennies on the training track um, yeah, rather than in the true. actual race effort. So yeah. enough training to give yourself the, <laughs> the fitness and and enough confidence that you're within at least a sensible touching distance of your goal. So now that you've got some confidence, what's next? How are you going to pr- approach this next 5K? And what's your goal time? <laughs> Do you remember how we were talking about um, not, not getting too attached to the outcome? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you don't have to be so, attached to it, but uh, yeah. you need well, to have some sort of plan. Well, I, look, I think I could run under 20 minutes. That's I'm gonna. That's about all I'm going to say at the moment. So... That's it. That's my goal, basically. That's Run it. under 20 minutes. How far yeah. I go under that, I don't know. I think I'd be, based on what I've just done in that 3K, I think I'd be disappointed if I didn't run under 20 minutes. I, mm. I think I'll be able to do that. And yeah. in terms of training approach, more of the same, keeping going with my two to three days of strength work a week. Mm. I'm going to do I'm going to do this kind of nine to 10-day cycle and what I'm planning on doing is basically just rolling between a long run walk on day one, for example, and then three days later, after some recovery and some gym work, do like tempo type of intervals. And at the moment, I, I don't want to do long, unbroken tempo runs because I'm not fit enough and I'm still working on techniques. So they'll be kind of like more that kind of Daniel's cruise interval style of training. And then I'll have another two or three days off, do some more gym, and then on the next day I'll do some of the like 200 reps at about um, 1,500 or mile race pace. I don't think I'll do any 400s over this next four weeks. I think it'll be more 200s and, and 300s. I think 400s is too far for my level of fitness at the moment to be kind of banging out reps of those. And that's going to be my training plan really. I'm just going to every three days I'm going to do something of substance, a long run, a tempo run and a rep session and then then I'm just going to hit that next 5k and then that 5k is actually going to be well it is a it's going to be a, a race of sorts but it'll also be good training for the um for the 5k track race that we're going to do in March so yeah. so the 5k race will actually be the only 5k VO2 max kind of training that I do in this next month so I'm going to do the do the Ron Clark. My racing will be my training. <laughs> I like it. And I'm actually really interested to see and hear about this nine-day cycle because, you know, for most people, uh, especially in the Western world, we're dictated a bit by our work weeks, yes. uh, which, uh, you know, is the five days, Monday to Friday in the office and the weekend we try and pump out as many Ks as possible. Um, you've got a little bit of a different lifestyle at the moment which allows you a little bit more flexibility <laughs> slightly more flexible which is good but I, I kind of think I think I think it would be possible to do that kind of cycle or a nine or ten day cycle regardless It'd just take a little bit of planning just in, you know especially if your long run falls midweek on a work day so you'd have to you know maybe make a special effort to get up super early to do that mm. or something mm. um, and get that out of the way but yeah I just wanted to try something a little bit different for this next sort of two or three months and see see how I respond to a slightly different style of training. Should yeah, be a little okay. bit more forgiving and, yeah, it should definitely be a, a more quality over quantity and also with a little bit more variety, which I've kind of probably been missing a little bit, I think. Yeah, I really like it. Hey, a question around uh, because it's, it's a park run time that we'll put on the board, so I, I will do yep. a park run in February. Now, 
obviously there are so many different types of park runs and some of the courses are probably more scenic than conducive to running fast. (laughs) Are you putting any thought into which course you're doing or are you just going to go to your local Ballarat one? I am thinking about that. I'm definitely not going to go to North Sydney. That is not a fast course. It is hilly and there's lots of turns. Ballarat would be okay. It's not the fastest course in the world. But if, if I can, I'm thinking about maybe going over and visiting my right brother and doing the Bansdale uh, course yeah. again because it's a it's an out and back, two and a half k in a straight line essentially. And there's yeah, there's probably only one one or two little little dips within the course. So that would probably be a good one to run a fast five k. Um, Ballarat would be okay as well. It's just got a few more few more turn, twists and turns and is perhaps a little bit more subject to the wind. So, yeah. so maybe, maybe the Bansdale Park run. Mm, watch this space on it. I um, have got a few to choose around me as well and I've not ever done any of them so I can't comment on whether they're fast or, fast or, not. or, yeah. or twisty or turny. So I think I'm just going to have to pull one out of the hat and uh, see which one suits me on a particular weekend. Sounds good. So before we move on, I just wanted there's something else I wanted to talk about quickly. So I didn't want to interrupt my strength training regime to do this time trial. So basically I, I did end up doing a strength session the day before. And the only sort of tweak I made to that session was to just slightly back off. Uh, it was a deadlifting day. So I've sort of been alternating deadlifts and squats every third day or so. Um, this was a deadlifting day. So I basically decided not to increase my weight and just to back off the reps slightly. So I think the last time I did deadlifts, I did about 80, 80 kilos and I probably did 10 reps. This time I just did 80 kilos and just did six because I, I just wanted to keep my keep my strength training going and also just to see how well I'd be able to recover off that and still be able to run run my 3K. And I, I was able to run the 3K without really feeling that at all in my legs. So I just wanted to test that that kind of recovery feeling off the strength training. And the other thing I did was after I did the time trial, I came home and had some food fueled up and then went back to the gym and did a recovery <laughs> session. <laughs> You've become a gym junkie. You're an <laughs> addict. I love it. I have. But, yeah, the other thing I wanted to just like put into practice was just seeing how doing a gym session would help me recover from doing the 3K time trial. So I went into the gym and, again, I was kind of expecting just to – either maintain, because I thought, oh, well, I'll flip over onto squats now, either maintain the weight that I was doing before or maybe do slightly left and less. And I've got this strategy where I basically do a few warm-up sets of, you know, four to five reps. And every time I do a set, then I add on another 20 kilos so I don't hit my kind of max weight cold. So, yeah, I kind of went through my warm-up sets and I put 80 kilos on there and I did six reps of that. And I'm like, oh, that actually feels really easy. So I ended up basically doing my squatting personal best of 90 kilos for six reps after that as well. Um, So I was still able to lift good weight. And the day after the time trial, I didn't, I wouldn't say I felt sore, but I definitely felt like I'd worked hard. So I could feel it in my legs and muscles and consequently had a had a day off just did some walking on that day and two days after which is today when we're recording 
Her legs actually feel really good. I feel like I could go for a run today mm. and feel like I could go back to the gym today. So I know that's only a small sample, but I think my body probably has recovered better than maybe what I would have expected by by doing that gym session afterwards. So mm. yeah, just something that I'm, I'll probably continue to to do um, and hopefully that continues to to work for me. Yeah, look, I'm with you on that. I've become a bit of a gym junkie too actually and uh, you know, really still trying to work on this whole knee and hip strength and I've been loving it, jumping in after um, sessions as well or, you know, the next morning just doing a bit of an active recovery and just my joints are feeling better. Like, you know, I, I think we've all experienced it that we get out of bed in the morning after a hard session and I feel like a 100-year-old little old lady. But at the moment, I'm not feeling like that. My joints are just starting to, I don't know, they feel quite mobile. So, you know, the only really thing that I've changed is adding this gym. And like you, I'm not going for hours to the gym. Like I'm only there for 30 minutes. Yep. Just doing some, you know, quite specific exercises, but, you know, not high high volumes. And I'm actually thinking it's actually giving me quite a lot of benefit. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I, think, I think it's giving us both a lot of benefit. And yeah, given all of those benefits that we discussed when we did our intro to strength training episode, like I think we're just starting to reap some of those with, mm. you know, a, probably a month or more of consistent gym work. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely I, loving it. Hey, um, I forgot. I recorded a bit of audio after the time trial. So oh, yeah. I was just going to just, I'll just play this now just to prove to the listeners um, that I put in a solid effort because there's a fair bit of puffing and panting in this. But it, it just goes for about a minute of just me reflecting straight after the time trial how I felt, what I thought. So here that comes now. So, yeah, that was pretty hard. Um, completed the 3K time trial challenge. Beautiful morning um, down at Lamberis in Ballarat. So, I'm pretty lucky to get such good conditions. It's nice and cool, uh, very gentle breeze. Uh, so how did that go? It was hard, um, but not ridiculously hard. Uh, as uh, I think Lisa predicted, I started to struggle in the, probably in the last 1400 meters. So um, yeah, there's probably, I'll have to look back at my data, but I suspect there's probably a, a slow 400 split there between uh, the mile and 2k uh, and like all races once you get a bit of a sniff of the finish you can find a bit extra and I think I did which was good so I was able to kind of kick that home um, and I think the last k I don't know exactly what it was but it was probably well under four minutes I think for the last kilometer I think I got out a bit slow checked my split I think the first k might have been about 404 or 405 I was hoping to um, get out in about four minutes but probably for the best don't think I really had the fitness to uh, get down to four minute k pace from the from the gun to to the end uh, anyway that's done look forward to the next challenge which is 5k uh, park run ciao so I love there. it <laughs> it's so and raw and just captures you right after the moment very good <laughs> yes and I, I wasn't quite accurate in my reflection which is not a surprise given how gassed I was but I actually did manage to run I was like you uh, managed to run pretty metronomic and even lap splits and I only got these I basically got these off the video that I took afterwards because I wasn't taking them during the event but um 
Yeah, I, I, I ran 137, 138, 136, 136, 136, 135, 135, and 43 seconds for the last 200. So I was pretty metronomic and I didn't actually have a lull like I thought I did. I think that was just me feeling tired and probably yeah. feeling like I was slowing down. But but actually, I did manage to maintain my pace pretty well and pretty consistently. So yeah, pretty happy with that. Yeah, well, you did the the right thing. I mean, your slowest laps was your pretty much your first one. I think you said what was that a thirty? Sorry, yeah, a, a nineteen. Lap two. It's a was a ninety eight um, and ninety six second laps. I believe a four minute K. So yeah, it was ninety seven, then ninety eight, and then yeah. I was on ninety sixes. Yeah, and then, yeah, ninety five and ninety five, and mm-hmm. the forty three at the end. So yeah, that was that was good just to be able to tap into that that metronome. And yeah, in the past, I've been able to do that pretty well. And as as we were saying, I think that's definitely the secret to running running good times over those shorter distances. Yeah, and if you pop up the video, I know that you've got some footage up already. You literally do look exactly the same. You haven't, you don't appear to have, you know, be in distress. Your technique stays the same. So I think lots of encouraging signs. I feel like we've been talking about me too much, so we better (laughs) better flip over to what's next for you because even though we're doing a 5K parkrun challenge, you're about to actually get onto the track and run a 5K. Yes, but I am terming this and even uh, my coaches as well, it is a 5K run. It's not a mm-hmm. 5K race, even mm-hmm. though it is in a race environment. So, it Sounds me, like a race to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Just walk me through your strategy. <laughs> I will. I would talk you through this. And I really liked your point earlier where you said to, you're going to be training um, basically for your goal, not overtraining so that's really the approach that I have been taking and this is what I'm taking into this 5k so it's the New South Wales 5000 meter track championships and uh, they have not so many races in the women there's only two heats which I'm actually quite happy about because when I first saw the entries there was only I think 12 or 13 girls and you know I think that the tough thing on the track is it's actually quite demoralizing being lapped a couple of times (laughs) very familiar (laughs) with it well and I'm familiar with it and in a 5k as well so you know and I really am approaching this from that perspective of a mental gain not a performance race I want to continue that 3k feel of running sort of three minute 40ks feeling like it, it it's an effort like what your 3k just was but you're not absolutely spent at the end of it and you know you could still get up and walk the next day so I was very happy when some more entrants came in and I was put into the B race which has made me very very happy because yes. the girls in the A race you know they're going to be running anything from you know, 16 to 17 yep. minutes and yep. you know you for me I don't even want to be around that for the first 200 meters <laughs> because but, you know but that's probably like a 36 second first 200 or something yes. crazy that yeah. they're gonna and, and but they'll maintain that pace <laughs> so you know when you're trying to do something that is not within that realm. Um, and as I said, the track's a difficult one because people go around you and it's quite easy to get sucked in. So pretty happy being in the B race and running quite late at night, so 8.10, which will make me happy. But my approach is to run 3-minute 40Ks, uh, which will get me an 18.20, which is actually a PB. But I want to go into it feeling as though you know, I'm not completely spent. Um, I've had a really good experience. I'm, I'm 
trying to lose this anxiety that I've got around this 5k track and that then my training can progress uh, up until our March mid-March challenge for that 5k track race which is the race that I'm aiming for so yeah I'm not really I'm pretty relaxed with it all actually I'm just going into it as though it is another training session and I'm not planning on doing anything crazy actually most of the girls in the in the race are actually the girls that I train with so it's it's going to feel like it's more of just a training run than anything so yeah I think it's going to be a bit of fun and for the first time I think ever in my life I can actually say that I'm looking forward to the 5k track (laughs) Very good. So your plan is just essentially to tick off even pace laps, probably at the same kind of tempo that you ran in your your 3K race a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's 88 second laps is three minute 40Ks. So 44 second 200s. I really want to work on that mental side as well when I get to the kind of mid part of the 5K track, because as I said last week, it's very easy for me to kind of go missing in my mind I just I I don't know what happens and there are often times in 5k races I don't even remember that section because you know it's starting to hurt probably I've gone out too fast and I'm not fit enough but (laughs) I just really lose the plot so being sort of thinking about strategies that I'm going to employ that you know just like talking to yourself and as you said before you know just knuckling down for um, certain parts of the race relaxing in other parts thinking about um, you know your your technique thinking about being relaxed so trying to take a bit of a different approach to it and then you know if I hear a couple of laps because our our coach always calls out the splits um, you know even if he calls out a 90 you know really work on exactly like you did in that 3k going well that's okay. It was a 90, you know, we'll, we'll make it up in the next lap or in the next, you know, try to break it down even to 200 so that it doesn't yeah. seem as daunting thinking, oh gosh, I've got to make up a whole, you know, two or three seconds over 400, break it down into smaller chunks. I like it. And that's handy that your coach is going to be calling out your splits because otherwise I was going to suggest, yeah, take a, take a split each 400 because that's definitely a way that you can concentrate on maintaining your pace. But yeah, as mentioned, I mean, I, I did that in those 5Ks, but it's not optimal because, I mean, you're just throwing yourself slightly off balance by tapping your watch as you go over the line and you yeah. do that 12, 12 times, you're probably going to actually lose a little bit of time in the race. So yeah, much nicer if someone's just calling out your splits to you every 400 and then you can respond accordingly. But yeah, mm-hmm. having a little couple of little mental things to think about is good. My, my only suggestion, and this is some good advice that I, I met this was years ago, but I met a, a New Zealand guy who um, was an Olympic swimmer and I was talking to him about some of my mental games that I was trying to play with my running and he just looked at me and just said, just pick one thing. He said, okay. because you can't think about more than, if you're really going flat out, you can't really think about much more than than one or maybe maximum of two things um, when you're putting in a kind of like a, a fairly race-like or intense effort and uh, I think he's kind of right with that so yeah maybe don't have five things in your mind maybe have two things in your mind that you're going to focus on because yeah once you once you get to that level where you're really putting in a hard effort it's pretty hard to think about anything else other than just maintaining the effort 
Oh, no, I agree. And, you know, I even think about like time because, you know, in the track they have the, in, in a race, they'll have the, like the countdown clock or the, yeah. the timing clock. I'll often run past that and think, I've got no idea if I'm on pace. I, you know, yeah. it, my mind, it actually, it feels painful to be thinking about trying to do maths <laughs> in it my, does. It's in really my head, running around and in the end, I think, oh, I don't want to think about that. Just, just keep running. So that's but, yeah, actually really that's, good advice. Yeah. And that, 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 yeah, that mental game, like I, I was struggling to, um, count my seven and a half laps during my time trial because <laughs> once, you're, once you're really putting in, it's, it, you have to really concentrate. So one of the reasons why I actually took my case splits was just to make sure that I didn't cut it short or run it long or do something silly like that. So, Oh, um, it's very, yeah. very easy to do and it's nice when they do have the like the laps. How many times yes. have you looked at the, the lap scorer uh, when you've been yep. running, a, especially a 5K because, yep. you know, it sounds crazy when you're sitting in the comfort of, your home on your couch thinking how can you not count 12 laps like that's that's uh, not a difficult thing to do <laughs> 12 counting 12 12 and a half laps is super hard when you're running flat out you definitely need the lap scorer there uh, exactly you're oxygen deprived and all you're trying to think yep. about is just one step in front of the other <laughs> yes trying to, uh, trying to keep the pressure on yeah, exactly. So that's really me. Um, I've got this 5K. Um, it's not going to count towards our challenge. As I said, I will do a 5K park run maybe towards the, the end of Feb, I think. Bit of a bit of a hit out before we meet for our showdown 5K race on the 14th of March, I think it is. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm hoping that I can maintain this come out with that sort of 18, 20 time because I think it's about five or six weeks until we meet in March and, you know, I'm really wanting to move the training to a point that hopefully I can run sub 18. It makes me nervous even thinking about sort of saying that because it just feels like it's such a long way off. Like I'm not even close to that at the moment. But you know, you, I guess you will be though if you run yeah. if you run eighteen thirty or less, you'll be within touching distance of it then, and then mentally yeah. it might not seem so daunting. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, I'm still progressing my training from that perspective of that quicker pace. You know, coming off doing a lot of that long slow stuff, and then moving down into this three minute forty kilometer pace, and you know, it's sort of it's three thirty to three thirty five pace to go under eighteen. Um, it's a it's been a big jump, and I've really wanted to approach that quite cautiously because, I, you know, my main goal is still this marathon in July. So I haven't wanted to just jump straight out of the gates and start. Yep trying to run crazy fast um, and then find myself with an injury and on the sidelines for, you know, for an event and a race that whilst it's, it's, it is actually a bit of fun doing this, it's still not really my main goal. Yes. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to watching you on the live stream because I think yeah. you said they might be live streaming those races. Hopefully they stream all of the races and not just the A races. I think they usually would stream the whole lot, wouldn't they? They normally do. So mm. um, it's actually been held out at Bankstown this year. It's normally at the Sydney Olympic Park out at Homebush, but the Bankstown Athletics Club is quite a strong club and they normally have quite a few meets out there and do live stream 
in all of their events, not just the A races. So uh, I'm hoping that they do that too because little shout out to my husband who's making his track debut. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah you can watch from the sidelines and uh, I've my prediction is 17 minutes for him if he can sort of hold it together so uh, Uh, yeah I think on based on how easily he um, ran that half marathon in Canberra that we did last year um, in super super fast time what did he run there 84 I think he ran 83 83 yeah Yeah. not much training and then he nearly <laughs> broke three hours for the marathon in New York. I'd say he's definitely got the ability to um, to run a low 17. So, um, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Mm, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much my weekend. Well, it's not really weekend, it's tomorrow. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, it's exciting. Excellent. Well, best of luck with that and I look forward Thank to you. Uh, cheering you on through the live stream. Um, and, yeah, the, the week ahead for me is just getting into – getting into that rolling three or that that sort of nine to ten day cycle and just rolling out a few of those um, uh, low stress sessions I'm, I'm thinking about them and getting getting a few more miles under my legs but but not too many so a fairly comfortable and easy week ahead more strength training of mm. course because now I'm obsessed more with strength. that <laughs> now you're so, a gym junkie <laughs> I, I gotta my next squatting goal I, I, I'm within touching distance of 100 kilo so I'm, I'm gonna that's what I'm going to focus in over the next few weeks. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. I managed to do 35 kilos during the week, and I thought I was a hero. It's um, <laughs> pretty. I good. can't even fathom a hundred kilos. <laughs> I, I couldn't a few weeks impressive. ago, but yeah, I can, I can, I can fathom it now. So, yeah, it's quite surprising how much. Um, how strong you can get in a fairly relatively short space of time because that's sort of really mm. come in about six weeks. So mm. uh, another another month, I'll be I'll be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you might be doing bodybuilding shows instead <laughs> of uh, aiming so. for the marathon. <laughs> don't think so. Still pretty pretty puny on the scale of things. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's any danger of getting getting too muscly. Well, um, I think we've almost wrapped it, Lisa. So you're going to go and run a good five k. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Keep plugging away with the training, and probably next week we will. Pro- I'll probably have another interview for us next week. I've managed to catch up with Keith Bateman, so oh, we'll fantastic! Check, check in with with Keith. Hopefully, for next week's show, and the next week or so, we're going to circle back on that topic of kind of periodizing your strength training. So that'll be something that'll be coming up soon as well. Very so good. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with. Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll be back with you next week. 